I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Uh, a few weeks ago, I went through the Penrith Panthers doco all the way. I watched part one and part two, uh, and then life got really hectic. I think the footy season started. I think the country tour started. Really pushed my time. Wasn't actually able to get around to watch part three, and I didn't want to just do it and half ass it. I wanted to find a time where I could sit down and watch it properly. As you guys know, my throat is absolutely fucked, so it gave me a bit of time yesterday to be able to sit down and watch it properly and do some notes on it and everything and just take out the bits that I loved. Uh, if you haven't watched these yet, I'd highly advise them. The next thing on my list, which I'll be starting to watch next week, is the Dolphins doco, of course. All three episodes there. Cannot wait for that. But if you haven't watched this Penrith Panthers one yet, I highly advise that you sit down and watch it, even if you don't like the Panthers or whatever. Uh, they are obviously only the second team in NRL history uh, to win back-to-back premierships. So a pretty special feat, and it is... It is very interesting. You get to see the other side of the Panthers. You get to see a lot more emotion than what I probably expected to see out of this side, to be honest with you. So really, really good. But part three. Part three starts uh, like the day after uh, they knock over the South Sydney Rabbitohs in the prelim final. Really hard-fought game there. I believe the Bunnies went out to an early lead. Panthers just roped their way back in. Uh, Sort of pride themselves on being a second-half team, which was evident throughout this third episode, and they got it done there. And uh, the episode starts with the player's player from the night before the prelim final, which, of course, went to Dylan Edwards. So he went player's player into, of course, sorry for the spoiler, but Clive Churchill medal. So a pretty special two weeks for Dylan Edwards, a fullback who I probably don't think he'll ever play rep football, to be honest with you, uh, simply because of the class of fullbacks that he just happens to be playing around. But, you know, there is a chance that he comes, he finishes his career with the most premierships out of all the fullbacks there, realistically, uh, which is a pretty special thing. So, congratulations to Dill Edwards, unreal. And you can see throughout this episode just how important he is to this side. I love that, you know, they, they the first thing they walk in and they just say, it's grand final week. And the boys all start cheering, yelling and screaming. It's unreal. You can see the emotion in the room, how excited they are. And the thing I love about the Panthers 
throughout this episode was that they're not afraid to celebrate. They're not afraid to jinx themselves. They're just confident in, they're confident in what they're doing. They're confident in what they've done and they're confident in what they know about grand finals over the last two years, obviously winning and losing one. It just sort of was very impressive to see how they handle themselves and how they celebrate and how they enjoy moments and whatnot. And um, then the tempo was sort of brought down a little bit. You know, Ivan did mention, and he finally acknowledged he hadn't yet, that, you know, he essentially opened with, you know, the last few weeks when we've been playing sudden death footy, everyone's sort of known that in the back of their head, this could be the last time that this group is um, together. Obviously, Appy was leaving. Obviously, Kickout was leaving. But also... You know, a, a lot of the coaching staff was leaving as well. You've obviously got Webster, who's going to the Warriors. You've got Seraldo, who's going to Canterbury. So a lot of changes that were happening around this squad. And um, I just thought it was cool to see Ivan acknowledge that finally. It's obviously been, you know, the elephant in the room that no one's been talking about, that no one wants to talk about because they back themselves to win. But this week now, it is the last week. Win, lose, draw, whatever, doesn't matter. Those guys, this will be their last week as Penrith Panthers. So I thought that was pretty cool to see him address it. Uh, they spent their recovery day at Combank Stadium watching the junior sides. Uh, I think they watched the New South Wales Cup and the Jersey flag. Flag won theirs and the New South Wales Cup. Uh, obviously, Isaiah Katawa kicked the winning field goal in that one, captain by Jermaine Hopgood. So, guys that have gone on, you know, obviously gone on to leave the club as well and be very, very successful. Obviously, what Isaiah Katawa is doing up there at the Panthers at the moment is unbelievable, and I don't need to tell you about Jermaine Hopgood, what he's doing at Parramatta. So, pretty special. And you could just see how keen all the guys were to be there and how passionate they were about those teams winning their grand finals as well. A really good show of um, a club and a franchise that's held together in a good way that is, is is legitimately passionate about their club, their emblem, their people, which I thought was fucking unreal. They've obviously, the week before, or a few, no, sorry, the start of the year, sorry, take that back, they'd already won the SG ball, which Isaiah Katoa, uh, he featured in that one as well. So pretty special to see him come from there to the New South Wales Cup grand final and, and kick the winning field goal there. So... Pretty special stuff. Uh, the next day, uh, there was a little clip of Nathan Cleary. He was in an Uber going to the grand final week launch. I believe it was him and um, Junior Polo that were there. Uh, just good to see them interacting with fans and with people and whatnot. Um, that, that, that probably didn't go much deeper than what I, I thought it would. I, I, I thought that they'd go a little bit further into that day and whatever. But it's all just showing what's included in the week. And it all would have been stuff that's new to Junior. Uh, but Nate's obviously done this the last three years on the trot, so he knew it all inside out. And it was, I think that throughout different parts of this, when you briefly could see the Parramatta Eels alongside the Panthers, I felt like, and, you know, maybe I'm biased because you're obviously watching the Panthers doco and it's filmed from a certain angle and it's, you know, certain perspectives and more and all, but I just felt like it definitely looked like the Penrith Panthers were a lot calmer and everything throughout the week, which so they should be. They've been there and done it the last two years in a row. Parramatta, this is all new to them, new to the coach, new to the vast majority of players. I think the only Parramatta player who had won a grand final was uh, Ryan Madison. I don't think anyone else had off the top of my head. So new experience for all these guys, obviously. Um, yeah, so then we had the grand final launch the next morning, opened up with a bit of a you know, a bit of a giggle. Liam Martin hitting uh, Javon Salmon's car with eggs, just showing that that larrikin side of Liam Martin and that these boys, as serious as they are, as determined as they are, they're still having a giggle. They're still just fucking idiots, you know? And that's and that's how you want your rugby league players. So I thought that was really good to see. Um, they then had a team meeting, which I thought was very interesting, sort of with uh, the leadership group. And um, there's a lot of emphasis on grand final experience and how much confidence they take out of having grand final experience. A few of them mention it. Nate got up and he sort of led that session and whatnot, which I thought was really interesting. Good to see Nate getting up, doing that sort of stuff. And he sort of said, you know, 
when I know I've got to do that, it, it puts a bit of accountability on me to know the game plan and know where we're trying to get to and our, and our aim on each and every set. So I thought that was good to see. And I thought it was great just to see as well how Ivan, and I think this is one of his greatest strengths as a coach. And uh, it'll sound funny, but I think that, you know, the really good coaches, they know how to release responsibility. They know how to trust other people and just trust that they're going to do their job. I think that in rugby league systems, I think there's too many coaches that try to overdo everything and have control over every single thing. You've got to trust the guys around you. You've got to trust that they're heading in the same direction as you. And you've got to trust that they're going to achieve the outcomes that you've set out for them. And I think Ivan, you know, you you, you think about the amount of assistant coaches he's gone through over the last few years and he still just has complete trust in those guys. And you can see more and more him having more trust in his players and in his son as well, which I thought was great. I think that in this meeting, it was really interesting. You'd obviously, the, obviously see the influence of Andrew Webster as well. He times in at one point. Um, just talking about, uh, I think it was something about targeting Junior Paulo and sort of, uh, he, he reckons that when Parramatta are doing well, his tackle counts down, which would make complete sense. But it was more so just the way he spoke and the way that you could see the guys sort of um, looking at him. And it's the same with Cam Serrato. You can really see with these assistant coaches that guys are all in on them. And, you know, I, I think the people would sort of think, oh yeah, but like he's a coaching staff. Of course it would be like that. But a lot of clubs aren't like this with their assistant coaches. <laughs> a lot of assistant coaches are... It's very hard to find that balance between being too friendly and being a proper coach. And a lot of assistant coaches get the piss taken out of them and whatnot. So, yeah, really interesting. I think you can. I think he's flying under the radar a little bit, Andrew Webster, over at the New Zealand Warriors. Obviously, that win against the Cowboys on the weekend put him on the radar a little bit more. But I think he's doing good things, and I think he's recruited really well over there. So, an interesting guy to watch. I just thought throughout this uh, this session as well, that just the confidence was really evident, sort of the words, you know, we know what it takes kind of chat. Like, we know what we have to do. Been here before. We've done it before. Uh, and that confidence can just take you so far. Um, they had a open training session uh, that was part of this and didn't go for too long, but just, just another example of how they buy into their community, their culture, all this sort of stuff, which I thought was really evident. You could see how keen all the players were to be involved with the fans and everything and, it was a real, uh, it was a real theme throughout the first two episodes about, you know, how how important their their community is and how they're a community based club. And uh, I think it's really cool how much pride they take in. It. And obviously, at the end of this episode, there was a lot of scenes of you know the community celebrating the grand final victory and everything, which was fucking unbelievable. Uh, but I, I just thought that the way that they included this, I, I, look, I've said it a few times, but I think this documentary is incredibly well done. Shout out to the boys. In the social media team, the Penrith Panthers, I think they've absolutely nailed how they put it all together. There was a mention uh, in episode one or two of Jerome Law, his, his baby was due, and Baby Halo was born a couple of days before the grand final, so didn't get a, a heap of runtime, didn't need to, but an interesting little one to toss in there, obviously. And of course, as always, grand final week. Uh, it wouldn't be grand final week without some injury controversy or suspension or whatever it might be, and uh, this grand final was no different. Spencer Lenu. He obviously uh, he had a pretty bad high tackle put on him in the prelim final uh, by Tane Milne. You guys will remember that. He obviously had to go from the field from HIA. And there was a lot of worry whether he was going to be able to pass uh, his HIA because it was, you know, short turnaround and all, all that sort of stuff. But uh, they managed to get the independent doctor came in who did approve that Spencer Lenu could play. So that was a real positive story. But it is something to keep in mind now that you know, if that was this year with the 11-day turnaround, a guy like Spencer Lenu wouldn't have featured in that grand final, and that would have been the storyline of grand final week, which I am willing to bet. I am willing to bet there will be at least one person who misses out on a grand final this year because of these HIA protocols. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Don't get me wrong, guys. I'm, I'm all for uh, the protocols, and I think we have to protect our players. But 
fuck, it's going to be devastating. And, you know, it'll probably be one of the hardest, toughest guys. It'll, you know, I reckon there's a really good chance it could be a Cam Murray. It could be a Victor Radley. Uh, and Isaiah Yo, one of these guys who gets knocked out in a prelim final and then misses a grand final, which would be heartbreaking. Speaking of heartbreaking, Spencer Lenu is a positive story. Taylor May, who we saw in, I think it was the first week of finals, did his hamstring, I believe it was. And they sort of had him on, a, on an express route to try and get him back for grand final day. He wasn't able to make it. And, you know, I, I can only imagine how devastating that would be for Taylor May after playing just about every single game this season. Uh, then that happening to him only a few weeks out from a grand final in your first season, very tough. But they did say that when he was doing his fitness test, he got to about 80% and he felt something and he just said, no, nah, I can't let the boys down. So, you know, the, the Mays, they are a polarizing family and whatnot in rugby league. Uh, but credit to Taylor in that moment. And, you know, he's obviously got in trouble off the field and everyone has their opinions on Taylor May and whatnot. But credit to him as a teammate in that moment. Uh, as tough as it would have been, he made the decision, no. Nah, can't let my mates down, can't let this team down, can't let this community down, and uh, scratched himself from that grand final. So the highs and lows of grand final week, obviously uh, terrible for Taylor May, that one. Uh, The boys went into Martin Place. That's where they had the grand final get-together for the fans and everything, which I think, as the documentary said, I think uh, the great Mick Fanning said, you know, a bit rogue having in Martin Place when you got two Western suburb sides, but uh, the NRL will NRL. We did mention our preview this morning. I cannot believe we've got Battle of the West grand final replay tonight, and no one's fucking talking about it because we're so focused on the Battle of Brisbane, which I'm all for. I think Brisbane v Dolphins is going to be unreal, but I can't believe it's on the same weekend and the night after the grand final replay and the Battle of the West in Sydney just seems ludicrous to me to put those two on the same weekend. But anyway, each to their own. Um, you could tell the Parramatta in their press conference, you didn't see a stack of Parramatta. But in the press conference that you did see, they were pretty confident in their game. And, you know, you, I think you just tell by their body language that Parramatta were confident coming into this one. But I think it was pretty evident that Penrith looked to be the more relaxed side. And uh, I think that just comes with the experience of being there, which was spoken about quite a bit. Uh, they then had one of their last sort of physical sessions. And uh, Stephen Crichton, he sort of got in a bit of an awkward spot. Everyone sort of held their breath for a couple of minutes as he was getting checked out, but he turned out he was okay. And I love the moment after that, that once he was cleared and he was okay, Ivan Cleary like sneaked up behind him and just gave him like a big bear hug. It's really good to see those emotions from Ivan that you don't normally see. Where the captains run just after that. Um, and the boys handed out, the, the boys were handed by Cam Serrato. We saw this theme throughout uh, this series that, it, you know, it was always something to do with Top Gun, their, their theme of their season whether it be aviators or I can't, I can't remember what, what, what they got in the first step, but this one was a specific thing for each player. No, not for each player, for each position. So your spine got a certain something. Your, um, I think all the middle forwards got like fire starters. I think that um, the edges, uh, they got walkie-talkies because, you know, they communicate and, and keep the defense together. So I thought that was a pretty cool moment. Some people might think that's cheesy or whatever, but... I love that sort of shit, to be honest with you. And I thought it was pretty evident that the Penrith Panthers boys are uh, all around that and they really enjoyed it and it helped them. So credit to Cam Serrato. It sort of sounded like that was mostly his idea. Even like a Sean O'Sullivan, 18th man, uh, he got sort of a hat because he was just watching over everything, which I thought was a really nice touch. And uh, yeah, really nice words Cam Serrato said about Dylan Edwards too. And we'll talk more about Dill as we go on because he, he, it's pretty important in a few parts. Um yeah, the boys were running around at the end of their captain's run session just, you know, kicking the ball to each other, running down the sideline, banana kicking infield, celebrating, scoring, you know, imaginary tries. And you just love to see guys just enjoying footy for what it is at the end of the day, a game. And I really love 
that the directors of this film are of oh, film. It's a bit rogue. The directors of this documentary uh, put that sort of stuff in. It's good to see that raw sort of stuff. And there was a moment where, you know, they pointed out that this would be the last captain's run for Viliami Kikau. Happy Curacao and, um, you know, right at the end they were filmed sort of kicking the ball to each other and almost scoring a try. I think Appy knocked it on in the end goals. But just the emotion around that. Some of the boys sort of said Appy and kicks like, oh, you're, you're backflipping uh, and all that sort of stuff, which I thought was really funny. Uh, just part of that rugby league uh, sort of banter. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that that was a really good part of it. Um, Isaiah Yo, he got them all together at the end and he sort of said, last time this group is together, and he, he made a really good point. He said, it's not just another game. And uh, I think that for a lot of teams coming into grand final, they would sort of tread that. It's just another game. Don't get overawed. Don't get over panic. Do your normal thing. But I think the Panthers are at a point now where they're happy to say, hey, this isn't just another game. This is more important than just another game. And I think they're ready to handle that. And I thought it was really good. But I thought, and probably my favorite quote of the entire show, to be honest with you, came from Nathan Cleary in this moment. Four words, uh, but I just thought it was perfect, and I think it summarises where the Penrith Panthers are at at the moment. Pressure is a privilege. I think that's an unreal little statement. I think it was perfect for the moment, and I think that, um, you know, and, and, and it sort of made me reflect on some of my stuff sometimes when I'm working and I'm doing stuff, and I think, fuck, I'm exhausted, I'm tired, but then I, you know, I, I always sort of remind myself of that, that, fuck, I'm in such a privileged position to be talking about footy for a career. Make the fucking best out of it. Yeah, just enjoy it. People would give so much to be under that's you know be under that specific sort of pressure, and I thought that was really good by Nath. Re- really made me think, and I think that um, it's a good way to embrace pressure. That yeah, there's a lot of pressure on us. We're feeling it, but fuck! Imagine if we weren't in this spot. Imagine if we were enjoying Mad Monday or whatever. That'd just be shit compared to this. So really like that. Now the jersey prezzo for the grand final. I thought this was probably the most emotional scene of the entire thing. Uh, Ivan handing out the jerseys and talking. Um, mate, honestly, th- th- this pulled at my heartstrings a little bit. It sort of made me a little bit uh, emotional just watching how emotional Ivan was towards his players. And, you know, j- just 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 something like the, the raps that he gave Fish and Dylan Edwards were huge. But then, obviously with Nath, that was a special moment. But when he said goodbye to Appy, that broke me. That absolutely broke me. And you could tell how emotional Ivan was. He said no player's had a bigger influence than Appy over the last two or three years, and I, I genuinely do believe that. And I think you can see that in their post-Appy life, that they are struggling without him. Um, and I think it just says the world about Appy. So you could see how much it meant to Ivan. And with Kikau, I love just the last thing you said to Kicks. He gave him a big rap, and he, he pointed out how Kikau's turned himself into a professional. I've said this about Kicks a few times, that when you're as big and as strong as him, you can rely on that and you can get away with other shit, but he's just turned himself into the complete professional with how he's ball playing and just is, you know, to go to the Canterbury Bulldogs and be a club captain and whatnot, I just, I'm so impressed with how Kikau's career has unfolded and I think Ivan's had a big role in that, to be honest with you. But Kikau's also had to take a lot on board and I think he's done a tremendous job. As I said, when you're that big and you're that strong, you can get away with just being the biggest and strongest guy. He's added... Skill set to his game. He's added leadership. I think it's fantastic. But uh, the last words that he had to Viliami Kikau, one last ride, which I thought was unreal, that Kikau was going to war for the last time for the only club he's played NRL for, the Penrith Panthers, before leaving. And I've spoken about it a lot over the years, but you think back to the 2020 grand final, Kikau had one of the worst games he has ever had in his entire career. He made so many errors, it was not even funny. 
Came back in 2021 and he was huge. Made a couple of huge tackles. He was fantastic. And in this grand final, again, he was massive. So I love seeing guys that fall, they stumble, and they pick themselves back up and they improve. And Viliami Kiki is one of those guys. Next thing, we went to grand final day. Everything's starting to heat up. Pretty cool. Um, I thought that, and more so for me, a pretty special moment. They opened the grand final day proceedings with a little... um, a drone flying over the stadium and everything. And you could just see in the corner where our bloke in a bar live show was. And I just, I just sat there thinking, fuck, I'm watching this documentary of, you know, arguably the best team of the last 20, 30 years, whatever it might be, or one of the best teams in the last 20, 30 years. And there's our live show in the corner. Uh, I, I just thought it was a fucking awesome moment to think that crowd was there for, you know, Kenby, Timmy and myself. And that's that'll always just be a part of that show, just in the little corner. Couldn't see us or anything, but I just thought that was fucking cool to look back on and sort of pinch yourself that in this documentary about the Penrith Panthers winning back-to-back premierships, there's a little crowd there that was there to listen to us talk about that, which for me as a footy fan, which is what I am at the end of the day, yeah, pr- pretty wild stuff. I was I, I was pretty proud in that moment. Um very relaxed pregame. The uh, the Penrith Panthers boys bouncing around, smiling. The state championship was played before. Sonny Luke scored the first try. Taruva scored another one. They killed them, 44-10. Jermaine Hopgood, man of the match. Great to see. Has obviously gone on to bigger and better things. Then it flipped to the Penrith Panthers boys leaving the hotel. Jerome Luai, boombox in hand, hoodie up. Just, just personifying who the Penrith Panthers are and the confidence they've got that borderlines on that arrogance or the arrogance that used to be confidence, whatever the fuck you want to call it, I don't care. It works for them. And I've always loved this about the Penrith Panthers that they just own who they are. They know who they are. They own who they are. If you don't like it, sweet, come and stop us. It's as simple as that. So I love that little bit of swag they've got. And I think that a lot of teams are going to follow their lead. Uh, One hour before kickoff, a little quote from Nath, confident and ready to go. And then I, I noticed that on the wall, and I love this, on the wall they had the words, one last dogfight, which I thought was fucking awesome. They know that Parramatta, they're a side with a big forward pack. They like to play through the middle. They can play their expansive footy, but if you can beat them through the middle, you beat Parramatta in a heartbeat. And I love that theme, one last dogfight. I just thought that was perfect for this game. And we'll talk about those words more in a minute. Um Ivan's last few words as he ran out, as they ran out, you know, get an early involvement, go and get an early t- touch, go and do it and make the play. And he sort of said that to all the boys. He sort of said, you know, it's not up to our wingers to clean up shit. It's not up to our kickers to do everything. No, our halves, go and make a play in your position. Go and do something to make a difference in this grand final. And you could just see in the boys' eyes how keen they were. And then I didn't get the exact quote, but he said something about go out, hold your own for the first half, come back in, and then we'll dominate the second half because we're a second-half team. That just breathes confidence and, um, yeah, that just summarizes, you know, what they did the week before against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. This is what the good teams do. They're, they're all the best teams we've ever seen. They're second-half teams. And, yeah, I thought that was pretty special to say that, you know, as they're running out to halftime, trying to go back-to-back the first team since the Roosters and before that the Broncos of the early 90s. And he sort of just says, deal with it in the first half, hold your own, and then we'll dominate the second half. That's when we'll get them. That's how much confidence we have in our ability. I thought that was unreal. Before they ran out, the last thing they did, they, they always put their hands in the middle and, and they've got different themes to this. So they go one, two, three, they say a word. The word on this one was dogs on three. Yeah, so they were going in for a dog fight. They knew what they were doing. From the wingers to the front rowers, everyone was going to have to do their little bit. Everyone was going to have to get in and take their tough carries, make their tough tackles. 
They just all brought in, which I absolutely love that. Obviously, the game, it was good to reflect back on some, some of the key moments. You know, the Panthers' middles were just so strong. Leota was on an absolute mission. That guy's a fucking weapon. Um, there was the early kick that Dill Brown put in for Mitch Mose, which I actually didn't mind at the time. I know in hindsight, a lot of people bagged it, but Dylan Edwards, if it wasn't for Brian Toto getting there, uh, Dylan Edwards wasn't going to get there before Mitch Moses. Bizzer managed to get there, which is what matters. Um, and you could tell that Ivan Cleary and the Panthers took a lot of confidence from that. They straight away said, okay, it's early in the game and they're already trying to find obscure ways and unorthodox ways to beat us. Took a lot of confidence from it. And that comes from the effort of Jerome Luai, Bizzer. <laughs> Jerome Luai, fuck. Brian Toto. Once again, Bizzer, I thought that was unreal. Um, yeah, Bizzer scores, not, you know, Critter scored the first try, a nice little inside ball from Dill. Appy then came on and sort of turned the game on its head, didn't it? Similar to the week before. Bizzer scored soon after. Nath put in a perfect kick to Sorensen to make it 18-0 at halftime. And you heard, you heard Ivan Cleary talk about that kick to Sorensen and just sort of say, you know, that's the development in Nath that he was aware the entire time where Clint Gutherson was. And Clint Gutherson went down the short side and Nath just went, yep. Don't care, it's not last tackle. This is on, there's space there, and I know I'll put it in the right spot, which was unreal to see. The sort of words that would be thrown around at halftime, it all starts again in the second half, which I absolutely love. Just bringing the scoreline back, back to zero all, get the job done. Uh, last time we're all here, one last dance, and they came in for their one, two, three. And their word was ruthless, which I absolutely fucking love. I think it just summarizes this team and how they play their footy and how they not only how they physically approach their footy, footy, but how they emotionally and how they mentally approach their footy as well. I absolutely love that. Second half, um, yeah, you know, a bit of footage here and there. Wonga Blake has an error. Bizarre, he crosses, great hands. Uh, I sort of forgot how good Isaac Tungo's hands were in this grand final. Very, very nice. Salmon came up with a huge play. Isaac Tungo had to come from the field, which I think, as Ivan said, was disappointing. I obviously had him in Supercoach all last year, so I watched him very closely. Pretty much played the entire season. Didn't really miss much. So for him to come in from the field was a bit upsetting, but he did get to go back on. But Jamin Salmon, in his 15 minutes, he came on. He made a big play on Clint Gutherson. A try, that, or a tackle that he looked like he was going to miss for all money. Lunge for the ball. Then the ball came loose, and he, and he won the scramble for the ball. And sort of just represents everything about the Penrith Panthers in that moment. Uh, J- Jamin Salmon, he's a... <laughs> you know, he's a center slash halfback that's playing back row for the Penrith Panthers. He comes on at left center, Mark and Clint Gutherson, one of the better fullbacks in the competition, and comes up with a play like that out of position. You just, oh, fuck. Just unreal. And like, you could just tell the blokes all around him, they weren't shocked when he did it or anything. Just just sums up this this side. Um, yeah, there was Critter. He knocked a ball loose on Sebo when he was going to score for all money. Another big play that I remembered when I saw it. And then probably the biggest one, uh, Dill Edwards, that tackle on Bailey Simonson in slow motion. They clipped it up with Scotty Sattler's tackle from the 03 grand final. I was lucky enough to be there for that one. Goosebumps, real goosebumps sort of stuff. Dill Edwards, obviously, uh, the nail in the coffin as far as his uh, Dalia, uh, his, his Clive Churchill there, an unreal play. Uh, Charlie Stain scores again. And then, you know, there was Clint Gutherson scored. And the thing I loved about this was that it's 28-0. Clint Gutherson scored to make it 28-6 very late in the game. And, you know, after every try, everything that happens, they flash up to the coach's room. They flashed up here and there was just three empty seats, which uh, signified that Ivan Cleary, the job was done. He was walking down to the sideline. And then the, the scenes of him walking down to the sideline were fucking unreal. And the thing that I love the most, um, as he's walking down to the sideline, Jacob Arthur scores his grand final try. And, you can see in the in-goals is Dylan Edwards and Nathan Cleary, and they look at each other, and they go to have their normal reaction of, fuck, you know, we conceded a try. What are we doing? 
And Dillard was looked at him and just went, fuck. We just went back to back, eh? And you just saw the smiles. And even Isaiah Yo said that he came in. He was ready to chip both of them for letting in the try. And then he heard Dill say, we just went back to back. And yeah, it just, it didn't matter anymore, you know? And that that's unbelievable. And I think it was, I think it was Seraldo uh, that said on the sideline, maybe it was Webster, but he sort of just said, oh, you know, here we are enjoying this or enjoying, you know, the premiership win. And we considered a try. And for the first time ever, we couldn't care less that we considered a try because it didn't matter. The job was done. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Really nice words from Cam Serraldo. This club has given me everything. Uh, he said that Ivan gave him an opportunity when he was a player to come to the Panthers and then gave him an opportunity to the coaching staff and... Now, he's probably one of the most hyped assistant coaches of all time going to coaching. And I think you can see at Canterbury starting to do some really good things there. So, very, very excited for him. Um, the emotions surrounding Ivan Cleary, especially when he got to embrace his son, Nathan. I remember talking to Nathan on the podcast, you know, the year before that, a few weeks after Ivan had presented him with a, a, Dahlia medal, a Clive Churchill medal. sorry, And, um, yeah, just how much it meant to them. And then you could see in that moment how much it meant to them to go back-to-back as father-son. Unbelievable. Just also, all the other players, the relationship they have with Ivan is just so unique. So unique. It's such a special bond they've got out there at Penrith, and I really do think it's going to carry them a long way this year. Dill Edwards got the Clive Churchill, which was unreal to see. Very well deserved. There's a moment on the stage there where he's embraced by uh, Brandy, Greg Alexander, which I loved. And then they flick to all the scenes of, you know, the community out at Penrith, everyone enjoying themselves, and just a perfect way to wrap it up, or so I thought. And then they wrapped it up perfectly and it had the scene of Penrith Leagues Club with the wall, with the 2022 premiership winning side there, the sort of doors sort of closing. And the last words, you know, based on their theme of Top Gun, the last words were mission complete. And it just faded out there, which I thought was fucking unreal. I re- if you guys haven't watched this yet, I would highly advise you go and watch it. I just thought it was perfect from start to finish. I think the, the Penrith Panthers need to be commended for this. The Penrith Panthers social media team, they've absolutely nailed this. A few of the boys reached out to me a couple of weeks ago when I did part one and part two. Uh, and shout out to you boys. I, I I can't remember all your names. I apologize for that. Uh, but you guys have done a tremendous job and well done. And I really do hope that uh, more NRL teams fo- follow the lead. Obviously, the Dolphins have, which is great to see. I can't wait to rip into that one next. But yeah, all the way, the Penrith Panthers, their story of going back-to-back premiers. Uh, a must watch for all you guys. I highly, highly advise you tune in.